0: We're just recording it. Hi everybody, Dr. Mary Crowley here for now is the time. I'm really excited to have on the program with me today. William Ramsey, who is an investigative journalist. He has a website, William Ramsey which he's done over 750 episodes and he's written five books. A couple of them are about Alistair Crowley, which we're going to be discussing today along with other things, including how it is tied in with the media, with music and with Hollywood, and also with the trafficking of children. So you want to share this with other people, and make sure that uh, you, you know, subscribe and like this podcast today so we can, because I've been taken down off uh, YouTube and other things, so we're, we're having to be, it's like playing guacamole. You just kind of just go where you can and get the word out. So anyway, uh, William, great to meet you. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Nice to meet you as well, and thanks for having me. Glad to be with you.
0: Well, we're both in, uh, in California. And so, uh, William, you know, we were discussing just uh, briefly before we, we started this podcast today. Uh, What made you get involved with, in particular, like Alistair Crowley? I mean, um, he actually was known as the Beast. He's been dead, you know, for almost 50 years now. Why don't you explain, like, what your background is and, and why you got involved with, you know, going down, like, this investigative journalism route?
1: I think I just had a conventional education. Like, I was following what you're supposed to do. I went to law school in D.C. I worked around D.C. I wasn't one of the I'm from the Midwest. I was born in Nebraska, so I didn't really, wasn't one of those types uh, who was from the Silver Spoon or something like that. So I learned a lot being in D.C. and worked very briefly on the case of Vince Foster, who supposedly committed suicide in Fort Marcy Park. Upon further investigation, investigation he was obviously murdered and dumped in the park. And that was a huge issue around the Clintons, so it was around Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton.
0: Well, and and, and William, wasn't uh, Vince Foster, wasn't he Hillary's attorney?
1: He was an attorney at the time. He was at the White House. I think he was the White House counsel. And he was from Arkansas. He was part of kind of their group uh, that went from Arkansas to D.C. And, uh, I mean, we can get into that. There's a whole story about his personality, their personality, their background, what happened in Arkansas, Whitewater. There were some very sketchy deals. And, uh, well, they found him right,
0: Wasn't placed in, in, um, some type of park in DC. They found him like he had committed suicide.
1: Yeah. It was in Fort Marcy park. I can't remember the day. I think it was 93. I was there from 95 to 98. I think it was 93 or 90 right at the beginning of the administration. Actually, I think Bill Clinton's administration was 92 I'm trying to recollect, but Fort Marcy park was on this parkway that led out of DC in Northern Virginia Kind of closer to the CIA headquarters, but it was an out of the way park. It actually is an old Civil War museum. So during the Civil War, they would put these wooden kind of uh, barricades, or or the structures of these forts were based upon huge logs, and so there were berms and things like that. So he was found at the very very back of the Fort Marcy Park in a berm or side on a berm. With a lot of elements that look... There's just a lot of... He was holding the gun. That never happens in those types of gun suicides. The blood uh, was drifting by gravity a different way. He had rug hairs on his body. But it was all covered up. Actually, the next day after his body was found, there was a new FBI director put in, in the place. And I think that the, the jurisdiction was for that crime was changed to a different legal... Uh, group if I remember correct it's been a while that really seeing that and seeing it kind of from the inside really changed my view on the media how things are played in the media uh how journalists in the media are really arms of political parties and are more stenographers for the political parties than really objective independent uh you know fact finders so that was kind of a wake-up call also about political murder and there's all kinds of, I mean, I was there for three years. I knew after the first year I was going to get out of there. Um, I, I was very fortunate to get out alive.
0: Well, they, it is the swamp. And as you know, you can- Oh, it's, it's much dirtier
1: than you think. It's much dirtier than you think. People see it from the outside. That place is like Mordor. It's very dark. There's a lot of strange things going on. There's a very, there's a blackmail, heavy paranoia. People are getting information on each other all the time. There's all kinds of weird secret societies and and secret organizations that run it with secret clubs, House of the Temple. It really is unbelievable. The public really never really gets a really good uh, from the inside view of D.C. And I think it's I think it's it's intentional. But uh, yeah, so I got I mean, it's actually interesting because Kenneth Starr passed away last week. And so he investigated the Starr report was put out while I was there. And I knew, I knew, I mean, I knew a lot. I knew, uh, what was her name? Not wolinski It's, uh, I knew I was, her, her lawyer, a friend of mine worked for her lawyer, which was Plato Gutierrez. You can look that up. But the Star Report came out and it went to the district court there. There's a three person court. It's usually actually kind of a springboard into the Supreme Court. There's a three man thing there. And the person who worked with Star was the current, was Kavanaugh. He was working for, his star recruited him, and, and Kavanaugh did a lot of the work on that and did a lot of the footnotes. And I highly recommend people get the star report and read the footnotes, which is why you can see how furious those people might have been at Kavanaugh because of what he put in the footnotes, which really people did not want to publish. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Anyway, I, start I want to, want to finish this to... whole line of train of thought okay. because the, because according, that star report went to this three- my memory is not as sharp as you. I mean, it's been 25 years. It's it went to the, the three man district court and they, they actually added an addendum, which is called the Clark addendum, which detailed some other information pertaining to um, Patrick Knowlton, who also has passed away. But somebody who was at Fort Marcy Park and kind of witnessed stuff that didn't. And then he was kind of intimidated by the FBI. But that was actually included in the original star report. So if you can go by, I don't know if it's still extant that way, but I think it, the way that those judge validated the star report was to have the Clark addendum to that. So you look up the Clark addendum. It's very important. John Clark is still around. Ed Opperman's interviewed him. So that was really kind of my insight in the intrigue, political intrigue. Like I wasn't even a bit inter, internal player at all, but I was on the app. I saw a lot of really crazy stuff. So I got out of there at 98. So I was always very suspicious of the media. And then 9-11 happened. So I was really kind of, I was kind of a armchair JFK researcher and political intrigue type person. 9-11 happened, I believe the cover story um, about 2002 or three, probably two or three years later, I started to see that there was a lot of problems and I was researching other researchers on 9-11 And I realized at a certain point that that story was a bunch of baloney, too. And so then during that research, as they're trying to put the pieces together of the Pentagon, Building 7, Twin Towers, uh, there was a researcher. His name was Colonel May, Captain May. And he wrote this. He was part of this kind of underground. He's passed away. A lot of these guys, sadly, have passed away um he was part of an underground group that was kind of researching and he had 9-11 but he wrote this article and i should include it should have included in prophet Evil. i mentioned him but he noticed a hyper majority of these numbers 11 surrounding 9-11 even the date isn't 11 right so that just kind of percolated in my mind and then i would see out in the common culture this number 11 i'm from i was raised a catholic i'm a christian so i didn't didn't really know much about my kind of. Looked in. I looked into alternate religions, but I never really, never really stuck with me. Like I read the Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible just to kind of get a grip. But then you see these 11s all over the place, and that's that led me back. Once I figured out the importance of 11, 93, 77, 175, it led me back to Crowley. And then I was trying to research. I read a lot of books about Crowley from people who were kind of objective, people who liked Crowley. There's a number of books well, out there. So, so we so talk
0: I'm, about when we talk about Cruley, just to interject, um, Cruelly, you're talking about is Alistair Cruelly. Yeah. That, his real name um, is know, Edward. Of...
1: Yeah, his real name is Edward What is Cruelly. it? Took on Edward. His given okay. name is Edward Cruelly, but he took on Alistair once he became a magician.
0: So, and now we're actually seeing like this insurgence of different ones, like even Jay-Z. I know he came out with, uh, uh, I think, his album 444 which, um, he, you know, the, the saying of, of Cruley was, do as thou wilt. And so a lot of people that, you know, I'm in the Hollywood area, you know, L.A. area. And so you see, like, even back in the day, the Beatles and, and a number of these rock bands, I think, wasn't the... Uh, David Bowie, Led know, Zeppelin,
1: um, Black Sabbath, we had a song called Mr. Cruley. So he permeated a lot of that new music back there in the 60s. Even Timothy Leary, a lot of these people knew of Crowley. Huxley did, for sure. how the Huxley Doors of Perception. um, Bury of New World. So these guys were familiar with Crowley, and he was in the kind of upper echelons of the elite. He's from a class, very solid class system in England at the time. He was the, a member of the upper class, very wealthy, only child, uh, born in 1875, died in 1947. But at a certain point when he went off to Cambridge, his passions were chess, mountain climbing, and the occult, or what he called magic with a K. K is the eleventh letter of the alphabet. So you'll see that theme within Crowley, and he integrated eleven into everything. Even "Do what thou wilt" should be the whole of the law is an eleven-word, eleven-syllable phrase or axiom that he had. But you want to very important for Crowley to have words and meanings have cabalistic meaning. So not just the statement, but it has a more magical impact if there's layers of meaning and numerological reference in any word, phrase, or action, right? So that's kind of the magical worldview that Crowley had and Rose had, and all these other characters. So you'll see that in, through Crowley's thing, but um, yeah. So that I went from 9-11 to Crowley. So I wasn't really interested in Crowley, but I'm wondering. I was wondering why this numerology that I saw around pertained to Crowley. So I really went back and read all the books that were accent. most of them, uh, about Crowley. His own biography, what you call the hagiography or a biography of saints, like a saint in his kind of wry, dark humor, but he called it Confessions. It actually only kind of goes up into his mid-40s. So he, he wouldn't be the first project that he didn't finish, but Um, yeah, I read most of the stuff and really got an internal idea about Crowley. I really didn't focus on his magical practices. I was wondering who he really was, what he thought, and the people he knew. So I include a lot of people who came across him, people you wouldn't know, some people that you would know. Um, Somerset Mom knew Crowley. He wrote a book called The Magician about Crowley. So I, I saw a lot of third party and stuff, but he had a much more interesting life as probably as an occultist, but also as an intelligent asset. So you see that kind of double helix of occult and, and Intel stuff and uh, operation, the kind of idea of an operation as a magical working, which ties into the 9-11. So I think that that was kind of really how I got to know Crowley. And then I was going to read, write the second book, Children of the Beast, which is about Crowley's influence on culture, music, politicians etc and then that led me to write a book about the West Memphis 3 I did a lot of West Memphis 3 work which was censored by YouTube so I had my channel taken away too it's just totally gone like I can't even access some of the old work in a way I'm, I'm very fortunate that it got censored because it was lousy Like I don't have any idea what it was doing but I think the information was legit but anyway so that was my second book Abomination which the West Memphis 3 are still in the news very much a person influenced by Crowley. So you want to talk about ritual magic, child sacrifice. Um, well, and so
0: you know, my movie that actually I went to Thailand, William, in 2017, you know, after President Trump, you know, came into office. And the, one of the first things that President Trump did was put an executive order out um, about child sex trafficking. Uh, and, you know, these elites, these global families that you know, I've done a lot of interviews about it. They say that probably there's 3,000 people that control the world. And many of them are in these elite blood, bloodline families. And, uh, you know, when I came back from Thailand in July of 2017, I felt uh, God tell me that I don't want you to do this about Thailand. I want you to do it about America. So I went down this rabbit hole investigating trafficking. I didn't know what MKUltra was. I interviewed Liz Crokin. I don't know if you know who she is, but Very um, much she so, started yeah. talking about Pizzagate and Pedogate. And uh, I had no clue what MKUltra was at the time. I really went down this rabbit hole. And once it tied in, though, with some of my other stories that I had interviewed Noreen Gosh, who is the mother of Johnny Gosh, who got abducted in 1982 uh, out of Des Moines, Iowa, as a 12-year-old paperboy. Well, after, you know, 12 years of uh, looking for him, she finally had to hire her own private investigator, was on the John Walsh and America's Most Wanted Show for a time. They knew there was clues that he was around, but finally was on the Lisa Gibbons show and shared her story and then pretty much broadcast on national TV. Johnny, your father and I are no longer married. Um, we're not living in the same home that you lived in. We lived in when you were abducted. Um, my address is in the Des Moines phone book. Johnny, please come home. Uh, three months later, Noreen tells me this in an interview I did live with her in um, L.A., she said, knock at the door. She goes there, looks out the people and hears a voice that says, Mom, it's me, Johnny. And she opened the door. Now he's in his 20s uh, and he's with another young man his age. And he sits down. He said, Mom, I was abducted by an elite pedophile ring that goes up to the highest levels of government, entertainment and business. And he said, I eventually escaped. And he said, Mom, I have to stay underground because it's very dangerous, and they'll kill you, and they would kill me. So that's you know, I, I met Noreen probably you know 12 years ago, and so that's when I went down the rabbit hole. Uh, it connected me with uh, when Liz Croken, uh It connected me with the Franklin conspiracy, which I'm sure you know what that is. Out of uh, I've know, interviewed
1: Tim Tate uh, three three or four times. He was involved in making that documentary that was suppressed. him.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, when you heard about, uh, you know, Lawrence King, who was, uh, you know, took over the Franklin Credit Union in Boys Town, had been right next door, and uh, you know, this this guy, you know, was flying these kids out on junkets to uh, D.C., and they'd have these he'd have these parties, and then afterwards, these kids would come up from the basement where they'd have a different set of people come in and so once you really go down and be, go down this this uh rabbit hole people just don't believe i think william that people are this evil that's they the should. problem they are, they are
1: the party is a mere they party for the, getting ready for the after party right
0: that's right. actually I mean, another I- common
1: theme you'll see in some weird these, these weird stories and places and uh John JonBenet Ramsey, like there's a party and then there's an after party.
0: Well, right. And so, so now like we're coming to, to what's happened the last few years, of course, the pandemic happened, uh, you know, with the COVID and why six feet apart, why the mask, you know, it was all like a satanic ritual, really. Um, you know, like even remember the movie eyes wide shut, um, you know, that whole thing with Tom Cruise, uh, remember they they ended up cutting out stanley kubrick had uh edit rights on that film and it was a lot longer and, and they said no you've got to cut it down he said no way and then the next week i guess he died of a heart attack or whatever he died of which i i think they took him out because i think he probably showed in that eyes wide shut movie that they probably showed child things going on in that film um
1: well there's definitely but, but insinuating that there's child tra- trafficking among the elite and he mentioned the bloodlines. He was bringing up the whole bloodline theme specifically. So I think he was really trying to show people the truth. And I, I credit him for that. He's obviously like uh, at the highest part of the bell curve, like super intelligent. He will have a lot of different themes into uh, into that. that, that I mean Stanley film. Kubrick? It's a masterpiece, yeah. What's that?
0: Stanley Kubrick you're talking about? Yes. That, that was... Yeah, because, you know, uh, Nicole Kidman, of course, you know, she was in the film and she was married, I think, at the time to Tom Cruise. But, you know, there's been a lot of reports about her own father, Nicole Kidman's father, who has been, you know, allegedly a pedophile as well. Um, And so a lot of these elites, they don't get up to this level, even in Hollywood. um, A lot of these people don't get to the level of fame they do unless, uh, you know, that A lot of them take a deal. They take some type of deal. Well, You see a lot of people with the one-eye thing and the the, the six-six-six
1: sign. Sign of silence as well. Don't forget the sign of silence. This is another kind of thing that goes through. There's actually a scene in Eyes Wide Shut where Nicole Kidman is talking to the kind of Sandor LeVay character where she reaches out and puts her finger on his lips. But that's very... I mean, uh, it all kind of ties together. He was very clever because he integrated a lot of Scientology or not a lot, but hints of Scientology into that film, and both are Scientologists, which is a huge mind-control satanic. I talk about L. Ron Hubbard and Children of the Beast, and then her father, I think, was high up in the psychiatric community, which uh, a lot of those guys had some very interesting knowledge and application of that knowledge that a lot of the public wouldn't know. And I think that the golden age of Scientology Psych- psychiatry coincided with what we know as MK Ultra and all these different programs that we know of, not the top secret ones, but yeah.
0: Well, and so you know, going back to Crowley or Crowley, you say you call him Crowley, right?
1: Well, he rhymed. If you read, there's a uh, a poem that he wrote called "The Beetle," where he rhymes his na- last name with holy. So I'd say Crowley but I don't really care how people pronounce it. I used to say Crowley, but I think it's really Crowley.
0: Well, so now in regards to the Beatles and some of these bands in the 60s, why do you think they got, you know, why were they so involved with, uh, you know, Crowley in regards to, because he died in 47. So, uh, you know, he'd already been dead, you know, over 20 years by the time that they came on the scene. The Beatles, I think
1: it's his philosophy, ceremonial, ceremonial magic. That kind of dark philosophy, uh, sex and drugs. So I think that they were all attracted to that. Zeppelin or some of the p- big players. The Beatles actually really changed. If you look at the difference between some of the earlier Beatles albums up to Sergeant Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is features Crowley on the cover, and Crowley may actually be Sergeant Pepper. Um, you can see this change towards drugs and esotericism that really. If you look at the early Beatles, it was all just love songs and, uh, you know, uh, kind of more religious stories, like stuff like that. But uh, they really changed. So I think that there was a real, there was an influence behind the music uh, wanting to make cultural change through these these bands. And uh, I think it really happened. But I think that that was their interest in Crowley. Even Leary at that time who brought LSD into it said he was carrying on Crowley's tradition. That he was, and he 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 actually said he was in the same, which is very strange. He was in the same kind of oasis as Crowley was, and said our lives have these synchronicities that cannot be explained away. That, and he carried Crowley's I Ching stick, so he had these kind of, uh, eastern esoteric practices. So, all these guys in the '60s, a lot of them had ties with Crowley, and they were they thought that uh, they were really trying to make a change, and they were anti-Christian, and uh, I think that Crowley's work, his magic was supposed to give people earthly rewards. So the things that they would want, which is money, power, sex. And so you'll see that theme going through a lot well, of and it,
0: and it ties in with a, a film, a biopic that I've been working on for you know a number of years about the 60s where, of course, if you look at the 60s um, in California, you know, you've got the free speech movement out of Berkeley. You had the Black Panthers. You had the women's rights movement with Gloria Steinem, all these movements. Um, Symbionese,
1: Symbionese Liberation Army.
0: Yeah, at the end of the 60s, though, and all, all of this stuff, is we, we re- re- I researched because um, we were, you know, like really small, but the, the situation is, is that at the end of the 60s, after Altamont with the Rolling Stones and where there was uh, a death, you know, the Hells Angels were the security. And, uh, you know, there was one guy that died, literally was stabbed to death right in front of the stage, which I only recently heard the Don McLean song, uh, you know, American Pie, that he was talking about that one part where the jester sang for the king and queen. You know, and it it talked about literally Mick Jagger. It was almost like a sacrificial rite. And they, I mean, this is something I recently just learned, that it was almost like a a sacrifice to Satan uh, at Altamont. Had you heard anything about that?
1: No, but I was familiar. I think Timothy Leary was actually there at Altamont. But it was kind of like the capping the end of the 60s where people got freaked out about how bad it was getting. And that was it. People were on drugs and... Was that sympathy for the devil? I think I don't remember. I think that song might have even even been playing. Yeah,
0: he was singing that song, "Sympathy yeah. for the Devil," when then when this guy got killed, and that's why you know he said, "Just like a sacrificial right." I saw Satan laughing with the light the with day the, the music died, you know. And so the thing is, at the end of the '60s, that it said, "God is dead." Well, that's exactly when God started breathing upon. Uh, Um, You know, this is the the movie I'm working on called The Prodigal, where God touched this hippie um, kid named Lonnie Frisbee, whose father was 100% Native American Cherokee, um, on a mountain outside of Palm Springs in 1967, which was also a very interesting year, because of many things, one of them being the Six-Day War in Jerusalem. Um, you know, cause I look at time periods and numbers, God speaks through numbers, he even has a book called numbers in the Bible. And so, um, you know, Lonnie Frisbee was 17 years old, William, he goes up to, um, you know, talk which is a native American, you know, land right outside of Palm Springs. And he dropped LSD, which he had done many times before. Um, you know, the whole Timothy, Leary turn it, tune on, tune in and drop out. And, uh, he said, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he had a vision of the Pacific Ocean, and he said um, the people were all in darkness. And then he saw Jesus appeared to him, and Jesus said, I'm putting a light on you to reach lost people. Now, at the same time this happened, there was this pastor named Chuck Smith who had been pastoring this church for 17 years in Southern California named Calvary Chapel. And he was thinking of quitting, and he would go down to Laguna Beach, and him and his wife would watch all these hippies lying in the streets, And he was probably in his 40s and he'd shake his middle-aged bald head and goes, dirty hippies, wanted to take a bath. And his wife, Kay, said, Chuck, don't say that. We got to pray that God's going to reach these kids. So it's this whole story about how Lonnie had this scholarship of the San Francisco Pristice Art Academy. He was connected with some Christian people that opened up a commune. The rest is history. I mean, it it would take me too long to go into it. This isn't about me talking About my thing, I'm interviewing you, but I'm just interjecting this that eventually in Southern California, he was hitchhiking by the Orange County Fairgrounds when one of Chuck Smith's daughter's boyfriends picked him up, brought him right to Chuck Smith's door. And this little tiny church erupted into a movement when Lonnie started inviting all these hippies and they started doing baptisms by uh, Pirates Cove by um, Newport Beach. And Time magazine started calling it the Jesus movement and it erupted into a time in history where thousands, if not millions of kids' lives were touched by, um, by God. And, and they started saying God is love, and they, they threw away their dope and their drugs. And, and so God told me, William, that there's going to be a very similar move that we're coming up to now during this time in history, that we're going to see a great move by his spirit of God's um, love. And um, though the enemy or Satan is trying to take down you know, our world with, you know, this, this jab, COVID, which he told me is Christ overcoming victory in disease. Psalm 19. Um, We're going to see God flip it and we're going to see the greatest show on earth. So um, I always, he always tells me to be positive about what's going on and we're going to flip it and turn it in the greatest show on earth is going to come. So, um, so I know a lot about the sixties and seventies because I've researched it a lot in Timothy Leary and all these other things. So, so that's why when I saw you on SGT report um, and I just go, I've got to get this guy on. And So this guy is is really interesting. He ties in with a lot of the people that I've been researching and interviewing. And so um, where we are today, now you've been, you've done 750 episodes, correct? Or, or different programs that people correct. can find on your, your website, correct?
1: Yes. You can find it just on iTunes or any podcast. Distributor William Ramsey investigates. So you okay, can hear so- you can hear me ramble on on a variety of subjects, including the G- Jesus movement. I've covered that as well. A lot of Christian really? uh, topics and different things. Yeah, so I know some people who were in the Jesus movement who talked about it, and so.
0: Well, who were some of the, the people? Who were some of the people that you interviewed?
1: Oh, I've interviewed a lot of different people on a lot of variety of different subjects. Uh, who would be some of my more notable interviews? Well, you don't have
0: to know their name,
1: but I, I mean, I've covered a lot of occultism. So is... I mean, I think my books are really showing that a lot of the history has been—it's uh, been expurgated of very important aspects of these people's lives. They see Aleister as just a '60s leader, but he had a, a on cold, a cold underground. Same with Crowley; like people have a superficial understanding. He dedicated his whole life to occultism and and uh, expound spending time expounding his religion of Thelema that he said was gonna eclipse Christianity. He intended to, to make it eclipse Christianity. He wanted to destroy Christianity. He hated Christ. The cross of a Frog is about stabbing a frog on a cross. Um, but yeah, it's just really? that yeah, I just actually
0: Thing with Timothy Leary, you probably knew about the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. Then that he had a commune in the canyon, and um, like in Laguna Canyon, and uh, they had a group of surfers that they started this Orange Sunshine. You know the Mystic Arts But Footst- the Mystic Arts bookstore in Laguna Beach? I think it's where the Taco Bell is right now because I used to live in Laguna, and mm-hmm. um, they used to sell drugs out of Mystic Arts Bookstore. And so it was really just a group of surfers that pretty much uh, got involved with Leary, and they started selling this orange sunshine. And uh, that's what led to his arrest,
1: right? Wasn't that wasn't his association with them led to his arrest? Yeah. And then he got uh, the weather underground helped him get out of jail. Then he went to Algeria, well, he, and that's his tie with Crowley. Yeah, he actually went to Tunisia, then went to Algeria.
0: Well, and see, so even like the whole um, LSD thing, like if you look at the San Francisco, where um, you know at a lot of these different, um, you know, the the being, the human being, and they had a lot of these different, um, uh, the the Monterey uh, Pop Fest. Um, I guess that a lot of this LSD was being dropped even from the the, the plane, and they would just hmm. drop tabs of this acid at a lot of these concerts. And, uh, you know, it was it was really an infiltration, according to even books that I've been reading lately. Like one of them was all about the whole Charles Manson because my my film, my script, it's kind of like a, 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 an, a Forrest Gump, meaning almost famous meaning the apostle. I mean, Charles Manson, you know, he's tied in with this whole thing because Lonnie Frisbee ended up meeting him in San Francisco at, at this coffee house that these these Christian um, commune guys opened called The Living Room. And they'd start reaching out to these hippies and, and feeding them and, you know, sharing the love of Christ with them. Well, Charles Manson comes through uh, right before he heads down to um, L.A. during the whole helter-skelter scene erupts down there. So it all inter- intertwines with the film that, that I'm working on. But see, um, Satan is you know, of course, he had been an angel and got kicked out of heaven. A lot of people think those are fairy tales, but, you know, it says i saw satan fall as lightning from heaven and he came to the earth and and he is the god of this world that he tries to deceive um and you know he's he comes to steal kill and destroy but uh you know i'm a believer in jesus i had a a major encounter with him most of the people that i've interviewed over the last 15 years or so i have so many stories of people that were muslims or this or that that had radical encounters with jesus I mean, Jesus, like Lonnie did on that mountain. And so I, w- I would tell you, anybody listening to this today, like just like Lonnie said on that mountain, like in 1967, um, I would say to you, like, just say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And if you really mean it, he will He will show you who he is. I mean, I don't know how you came to the kingdom. I was raised Catholic, um, like, like you were, um, in Minnesota, Minnesota soda don't you know and uh that's where we both went to pelican lake (laughs) and
1: the baby the babe the blue ox yeah
0: yeah and uh and and so the the thing is is like my parents got um they became spirit-filled catholics in the 70s during the charismatic renewal in the catholic church and god set me up i mean i'm telling you god has a ways and means committee because i was like a big party person i loved to party and um, I did some drugs. I, was, I never liked LSD. I, never, I, I would smoke weed. And, and, and like that was like weed. And that, that was about it. But, uh, you know, the thing is, God God has a ways and means committee uh, in my book called When God Speaks, A Woman's Journey of Faith. It's on my website. You know, uh, you know I, I literally have so many stories about how God touched me and basically brought me into his kingdom. But uh, what's, your we- that, what's
1: your website uh, address?
0: it's um marshall put it on the screen so people can see it too it's marycrowley.com it's spelled m-e-r-i-c-r-o-u-l-e-y.com um and in fact i was born in m-a-r-y mary because i was catholic so everybody had it had to have a mary you know so there was mary you know so everybody mary had a Eater mary
1: Paul, all right
0: so i like, i was mary mary pat because everybody's a mary ann mary pat mary sue mary joe mary and so everybody kind of went by two names because otherwise there'd be a million Marys. And so when I became like a, a 20, I go, I don't really like Mary. So I changed it to M E R I. And uh, Mary means shining sea. And a number of years ago, God said to me, your name's right in the middle of America. And I went, A M E. And they go like, wow, it is. And so the thing is like, we are here together as a to unite us. It's like from sea to shining sea. We're at a time in history that I believe that we're uniting. And though this cabal is trying to take us out, like t- with the jab, like with these bioweapons, they're trying to you know, let tell people to take, which of course they're not vaccines at all. They're, they're, they're not vaccines. Yeah, they're mRNA gene therapies and they're killing people. And uh, a lot of people I know uh, have died. I know a lot of people that have died, so, um, but,
1: there's probably you know, an equal amount of people who are disabled too. There's tons of people disabled. Yeah.
0: Now, back is, being uh, injured, yep. So, you know, in all your research getting back to you because um I'm I'm jabbing I'm jabbing jabbering more than I normally would, but it's interesting talking to somebody that has the knowledge and skill set that you do because I could probably talk to you for like hours, you know. There probably be a million things we could talk about. So, you know, just for the viewers that are listening to this program today, William, you know, what do you think? I mean, of course, I call it the unholy trinity, big tech, big pharma, and the media was the false prophet. That's the way that they were able to literally get people to have fear, the fear porn they pushed to get people to take this. I mean, I'm up at Thousand Oaks and I still, still see people walking around with masks on. And I know, it's crazy. I'm just going like, oh, my gosh, like, please take off the mask. What would you say are some of the most important things that you could tell if somebody doesn't know anything? What would you tell them about what you've learned in the last, you know, many years doing your stuff like in particular? I'm, I'm completely
1: people. satisfied that the Satanism exists, that Satan exists, and that they're all networked. And a lot of these guys know each other, just like the Christians. You and I can talk right now. We're from kind of the same area. We're close in Southern California, but these guys too. I can I've looked through. The West Memphis Three case, the release of Damien Eccles, this whole innocence fraud, which is taking place now, Adnan Syed and some of these other characters. But there's some very dark things happening. And uh, a lot of these people are, no, they're initiated or, um, you know, Satan is the lord of initiation. Crowley would have said that. So I think that my from before I started researching or writing these books, I didn't have that conclusion. It was more of kind of a, ethereal, but now it gets concrete in my mind. Like, I know this is happening. I know these guys talk to each other. and They have a religion, and they really, it's an applicable religion. It's a political religion as well. And so they're all around. I mean, I think you mentioned Pizzagate earlier, this Abramovich girl. She just got uh, invited to Queen Elizabeth's funeral. She was there. She's there hanging out with all these other big wigs all around the world. So she was really what people freaked out was the spirit cooking that she was doing with uh, John Podesta. Which is all very and they there's the lima in those uh, WikiLeaks, emails, and blood drinking. So this stuff is real, it's not a joke. There's probably tons of trafficking through a lot of that stuff, like child trafficking that was never investigated. And uh so I think that that just to summarize or sum that up, this stuff is real, it really is real. These people are thinking they're not um casual or dabblers. Like Cruelly wanted to he borrowed from the book of revelation cuz he wanted to put that together he wanted the book of revelation to come through come true so that's why he had this be- marriage of the beast in babylon and all this stuff like that so a lot of people who well, are you Christian, know, in my God,
0: research about Cruelly um, is that that he would do this sex magic that he would say would open these portals up that like that it actually opens up something when you'd have these type of sexual relationships um, I didn't really go into the in depthness of that, but as I've studied a little bit about Crowley, and then who was that scientist guy that um, up in Jack in Parsons? LA? Jack, Jack Parsons. Parsons. Yeah, and so we met. I mean Parsons, and then um, L. Ron Hubbard. You know the Scientology guy. Uh, you know they they got connected together, and you know it's just they were you were in, in the, Agape the Agape Lodge.
1: The Agape Lodge, Crowley considered to be his most important group of followers in L. A. And he considered Jack Parsons to be his most important follower, who died mysteriously in 47, right around the time when Hubbard started Dianetics, which became Scientology, the foundation of which his son said was black magic. And he loved cruelly.
0: Well, now, Jack Parsons died, like supposedly there was an explosion in his, in his garage or something, correct?
1: In Pasadena, yeah. He was an yeah. explosive expert, so it was strange to have him to have him bungle an, uh, an explosion. He didn't die right away, but he would have said if he was killed, if he, somebody wanted to kill him, or something, he probably would have said something. But no, there's no record of him saying that. But it is kind of odd that that's that was his demise.
0: Well, and so you know, right now we're looking at this rise of this this clashwab. I mean, I don't think anybody would have thought like four years ago, like if you would have said, yeah, you know, we're going to be locked down for two years and there's going to be all these people dying and all this stuff happening. I, I think people would have never thought that is going to happen as fast as it did. And if everybody would have said, forget it, I'm not putting on the mask. I'm not getting a job. I'm not, it, they wouldn't have been able to do it. It was because of the media that was able to push. They're still trying
1: stuff. to do it. Uh, Biden said the, the pandemic's over and Fauci is really a mass murderer. It should be arrested came in and said, whoa, whoa, Mr. President, you know, I don't say that so fast. So they wanted to keep going. And according to one, some research I've done, it was Peter McCullough said that they've done tests over a wide variety, variety of the population. And the the blood tests indicate that 99% of the population has already been exposed to this version of the virus, which I think actually exists. It's not some figment of imagination. There was a bio leak, which you're going to find out probably at the end of the year when a couple of books come out. But um, that the seropositivity means that all of the rules and restrictions, all the passport, all the masks, all of the shots, total fiction, complete fraud, totally unnecessary. And there's a solution. If you do get sick, it's myvermectin, vitamin D, sunshine, green tea, uh, zinc, and the, 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 the rates of your death. There is a problem with uh, long covid so you really want? If you get sick, you have you can't joke around. Don't wait for a week or two weeks, and don't go to jail. I mean, don't go. Sorry, don't go to hospital, okay. which is like a jail because you could get a gnarly protocol, never get out, give you some Severe, which was promoted by Fauci and Gates. So these are monsters. These are literally Remdesivir? monsters in, in human form. I wrote. I've done a couple shows recently at William Ramsey investigates about bioweapon blues, and my intro was a quote from the Tempest, which says. Hell is empty, and the devils are all here. Hell is empty, and the devils are all here. And they did a number on people. It's a different form of warfare, but I do think it was a form of warfare. And they sh- there should be a Nuremberg. And these, And I mean, the fact that they're not arrested at this point is just a sign that the legal system, something's
0: very wrong. So, well, the remdesivir, I call it remdesivir because I, I have probably five people I know that went into the hospital that died because of their protocols with remdesivir and uh, intubating. Uh, I have with four. The
1: ventilator. I have four. Alex Stein's mother, Don Jeffrey's brother, a guy, two guys in the Christian community. I thought they died of COVID, but now I talked to their family members. They died from the protocols. It was Rob Skiba and Russ Dizdar. Have you heard those names?
0: I have I, I know Russ. Di- I didn't know him, but I've heard of Russ Dizdar. Um, I know he had a brother. My understanding, was he was brother. killed
1: by the protocol. My understanding yeah. is, it's
0: called my so well, and so, so the whole thing, too, even with Lonnie Frisbee, uh, you know, um, Lonnie at eight years old was molested by a 17 year old boy babysitter that he in this was in 1957. He was born in in forty nine. He tried to tell his mother and stepfather they didn't believe him. So um, eventually, you know, at some point, I mean, th- this guy just kept molesting him. And He wasn't just fondled. He was raped in the shower. And so he got into the gay lifestyle um, in in Laguna Beach in in '65. So when God called him, he was a bisexual hippie who came away from it, with struggled with it, uh, and and so he contracted HIV. Uh, and then he ended up taking the AZT. That's oh, what wow. I just found out recently that the, all these you know gay men were taking AZT, and that's what they died from. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it, wasn't HIB, yeah. it was the AZT, which was a Fauci protocol and it's in the, the um, Robert Kennedy book, the real Anthony Fauci. He goes into that in depth. So, you know, it, it's been so uh, great having you on the program um, today, William. Like I said, you guys that are watching, you know, we are going to see there's going to be a great awaken. There already is because in 1996 years ago, I was speaking in San Diego. God spoke to me and he, he said, I want you to start reaching out to the youth again. There's a lot of stuff, but I, we decided we were going to do a youth event, a concert in Orange County. We didn't know what we were going to call it. I'm driving down Crown Valley Parkway in the Good and the Galwin. I hear almost an audible voice of God telling me, William, there's a greater move of God coming than the Jesus movement. I want you to call your concert Youth Wave and the slogan is be a part of the new wave. At this time, I had no clue what the Jesus movement is or was until years later, I heard about Lonnie Frisbee. Now I'm working on a movie about it called The Prodigal. So what I'm saying is we're full circle. There's going to be a great awakening coming. And so for those of you guys listening, um, whatever how dark it looks, it's always the darkest before the dawn. So don't lose hope. Uh, just you know, trust in, in God and, and take action like what William's doing, what I'm doing, get the word out there. Tell other people, um, you know, each one, reach one, you know, and uh, we all can tell people uh, about the truth and you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. So um, William, where can they find your, your uh, podcasts and different things that you've done in the past? I
1: have five books. You can see them all on Amazon or my website, William Ramsey investigates. I have five videos, five full documentaries. If you'd like to learn more visually, those are on Vimeo. You can just look up William Ramsey. I have an Occult Hollywood, two on the phenomenon of the Smiley Face Killers, and then based on my books, Prophet of Evil, Children of the Beast as well. And then I have 750 episodes that I've accrued over the last 12 years. So on a variety some of the some topics of the books, the West Memphis 3, Smiley Face Killers, things that I've researched, and uh, you might people might find them interesting. A lot of also book interviews and things like
0: that. Well, now, really quick um, before we go, what what was the smiley face killers? Because James Rothstein, who was an MIT PD detective in in New York from the mid 60s to the 80s. I've uh, been interviewing him a lot about the traffic and the pedophile range, but he brought up to me the smiley face killers. And that's why when I saw you on Sgt. report, I, I saw that you have the smiley face killers. What were the smiley face killers?
1: It's just a name that's been applied to this phenomenon of young men going out at bars, college-age men generally, disappearing for a certain amount of time to later be found in water. Often that had already been previously searched. I thought it was an urban legend. I didn't think it was real. I really researched it and really have fall. I've done two documentaries and a ton of interviews about books and interviewed other researchers as well, important researchers. Jim Smith is one of them who he was uh I think he was the chief researcher for my first documentary that I put out in 2017, which covers 88 of these types of cases all throughout really the United States. My second documentary covered the global. It's called Smiley Face Killers. The global slaughter continues because it's happening globally. This kind of strange disappearance. But I think it's a kind of a modus operandi by certain people or groups probably heard about it through the Internet or some weird message board. And you don't want to become a victim. I do think that men are being drugged. And kept somewhere for amount of time. They actually just convicted a guy who, a grinder killer. There is an uh, over-preponderance of gay or homosexual things going on, grinder killers. But they just convicted a guy, Ketun- Ketunsky, who admitted to being kind of, he kind of fits the profile of the who would be the perpetrator. Um, they got him for one crime. It's very easy to remember who his victim was because it's the same name as the famous actor, Kevin Bacon. But I include his story in my second documentary. There's some occultism there and Christ hatred and stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of the rough. Well, and, movie. you
0: know, Jimmy Boots or James Rostein, his nickname was Jimmy Boots. Um, he said that a lot of these pedophile rings are interconnected, um, like the Johnny Gosh story, Franklin Conspiracy, Eaton Pates, Jacob Weatherling. A lot of these groups are, are connected uh, more so than we know. And it's usually a group of high level, you know, Satanist. And, uh, you know, th- it's a ring. They're, really, they're very, very highly uh, orchestrated and organized, many of them. And, you know, it's a satanic, you know, Satan, um, you know, he's all about chaos. And, you know, he's, he's the one in back of all this because he comes to kill, steal and destroy. But uh, the good news is that God, you know, gave us a Savior named Jesus, and uh, He died for us so that we could have life. And so, if any of you are listening to this and you're wondering, you know, what do I need? What do I need to do? Just all you need to do is say, "God, come in." You know, Jesus, come in. If you knock, if He knocks on your door, all you got to do is say, "Come in," and uh, and then start reading the Bible, the New Testament, and uh, you know, Jesus will, in the Word of God, He will show you reveal himself to you through the work and uh, get around you can email uh, me Mary Crowley at yahoo.com I could connect you to some good people I know people all over the country and the world that can help you and, and get you connected to some some great people so anyway well William thank you for coming on you're amazing you're like a walking like encyclopedia well, you know
1: I've done anyway. a lot of research it's free uh, there's a lot still no, I mean still I'll have you're a couple like- books I'll have a couple of books hopefully out by the end of the year on some of the stuff we touched upon. So hopefully uh, keep your eyes out. I I don't usually divulge my projects, but I'm definitely working on a couple of things.
0: Well, and I have a new book out that you guys can get go to. Um, It's called um, Freedom Cry Women Fighting Trafficking. Um, It has 10 women's stories uh, that, you know, one of them was actually out of South Dakota. Kelly Patterson, she was uh, six years old, pedophile ring. Uh, You know, this is the thing, these people, you know, they infiltrate the society. You think they're good people. And before you know it, I mean, literally your parents, I think he must have been a well-known guy in town that everybody liked and thought he was a great guy. And eventually her parents let this guy take her somewhere. And she said, I went into a, a building where they were all sitting in a ring. And um, they took my clothes off and they pretty much passed me around one to another. Just don't put any marks on her body. She said for um, 17 years, I, I, everywhere she went, she said, I thought I'd get away from them. My family would move. And the next thing, you know, there'd be right down the block and they'd you know, call her name and it, it's like, they're very organized. So I, I don't think we should be afraid. Now she is married and she's a pastor. And she has a, an anti-trafficking organization. I have stories like this. Um, my Freedom Cry movie, Sex Trafficking in America is coming out. So there's a lot of people on the forefront of, uh, of doing great things um, in this space, you know, that, that we're, we're helping set captives free. So anyway, well, listen, I'm going to re- be researching more of your stuff. I'll probably be on there all like, like wow, this is so interesting. I probably... I'll be the, the next William Casey fan. Like, okay, this guy's good. You probably have so many, so many great um, you know, seven hundred and fifty episodes. That's a lot. So Smart. anyway, you guys, please tune in, investigate, go to his his website, um, put it it's back. William the-
1: Ramsey William Ramsey yeah. Investigates. And you can see all my writings and I've done a lot of articles and a lot of stuff on the occult stuff that you've seen, sign of silence that it permeates. It goes back through. The Western esoteric tradition, all the way up to Bohemian Grove, Skull and Bones, all that stuff. So you're in the grips of people who are—they're very astute okay. about occult ideas, but they're a cult. So you don't—you don't get to really see them unless you're part of it. And you get initiated.
0: Yeah, like Skull and Bones, and you know all, all those different societies. It's all secret societies. Well, anyway, well, God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you, William, for coming on. And remember. Like, subscribe, and share. Um, you know, that's how, you know, if everyone just shared this with one person and you continue that on, I mean, it could literally get millions of views if each one reached one. And uh, caring is sharing. So also my Telegram channel is group.com And, uh, you know, I'm on Rumble, Bitchute. I still am on YouTube, but I, I mostly do like Christian interviews. Of testimonials on there now. Now is the time, Mary Crowley, and uh, Facebook page is Mary Crowley Ministries. Uh, go on there. I have a lot of a good, a lot of my uh, interviews on there as well. So anyway, thanks, William, for coming on. Thanks for watching. Now is the time. Now is the time that we need to take action and make a difference. Thanks for watching. We hope to see you soon. Amen. God bless. God bless.